and welcome to the first episode of the Devi Marketplace. Uh, we're so happy to have you here. This is the new Devi podcast that will be uh, sponsored by FF Mercs. So you can follow them at Twitter at FF Mercs and follow our show at the Devi Marketplace. Um, first, we just want to say a huge thank you to um, Clint Followell at DHH underscore Pastor um, for the terrific logo that he gave us. I just want to say thanks for that. Um, it was pretty fun that he gave us a logo that comprises two of our favorite college football teams, my favorite obviously being the Minnesota Gophers, and Caleb somehow likes the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, so I just want to say thanks to uh, Clint for that. We really appreciate it. And then um, we put out a little contest to people if they could guess what our new logo um, color teams were, that uh, we would say some nice things about them. Um, so, Caleb, what do you have to say about um, Zach Petra? You have to say some nice things. Uh, I, I got a good thing to say about Zach. About a year ago, he put out a contest to win. Yeah, it's basically like an old Viking horn or something from the Minnesota area for a fantasy site uh, to put down at my bar, and I won. So that was cool of him to put out that contest. Other than that, that's that's really the, all the nice things I have to say about Zach. Well, that's not great, Zach, but I will say that you're a nice guy. Um, and we're going to Vegas together for the draft, so I hope you don't, like, drug me. Um <laughs> So, like I said earlier, um, this podcast is sponsored by FF Mercs. And if you want to know a little bit about FF Mercs, listen right now. A goal without a plan is just a wish. So stop wishing and start planning for your fantasy championship with FF Mercenaries. The fantasy football mercenaries love it when a plan comes together. And this A-team of fantasy football minds is here to help you map out your path to fantasy glory. Whether you are looking for draft strategy during and throughout your draft, dynasty roster consultations, in-season support, alternate scoring navigation, or DFS expertise, the Mercs are here to help you develop and execute the strategy that will help you destroy your league. So sign up now for your one-on-one -on -one consultation with a strategic specialist for your unique and specific needs. And if you go over to ffmercs.com, use the promo code DEVI for 10% off your first consultation. That's promo code DEVI at ffmercs.com, where winning is your only option. Um, so we're going to slide right into the news. Um, in college football, it was a pretty important uh, couple days um, over the past week or so. When we think about um, what's happening and we get to recruiting, we had basically the top guys all recruited um, these past couple days at the really important um, offensive positions. So I'm just going to slide through them first. And Caleb, you just tell me what you're thinking about some of these recruiting classes and if these are actually going to hurt or help some of the other players that are actually at this school. Um, so we have the number one wide receiver, Julian Fleming. He's number two overall, and he's going to Ohio State. Um, so Ohio State continues to build up that wide receiver core. The number one dual threat quarterback, he's actually number six overall um, in all recruits. That's Bryce Young. He flipped his commit from USC to Alabama. Um, so a little bit of a little bit of skepticism to see what happens between Bryce Young and Tua's younger brother that's also at Bama. Uh, number one tight end, Eric Gilbert, going to LSU. The number one athlete overall, Darnell Washington, um, really big-handed, big receiving type going to Georgia. Not sure how that helps um, Dominic Blaylock. Um, that's definitely a guy that might be hurting with some of this new news. 
And then we have the number two running back. Um, number one hasn't fully committed yet, but we're at number two, the 15th overall recruit, Bijan Robinson, going to Texas. And if you watch any Texas games over the over this past year, you can just see how badly they needed running back help. Um, they're actually their third string quarterback had to switch to running back to help them out at that position. Um, so any of those stand out to you, Caleb? Uh, well, the first thing I noticed is you didn't mention where the, the number one running back recruit is currently projected to go. And where's that? That would be Georgia. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, is that Zach Evans? That, that is Zach Evans. Him, him and Kendall Milton would be, would be quite the get there, getting the number one and number seven ranked running back. But I digress. Uh, Julian Fleming to Ohio State, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch him, Justin Fields, and Garrett Wilson – Fleming should definitely see the field as a true freshman. He has got size of an NFL player already as, a tr- as when he enters as a true freshman. He's quick. He can pick up yards after the catch. I think he's going to potential to supplant Garrett Wilson in year one. Uh, and then the other one you mentioned would be Bryce Young to Alabama. A little smaller. Um, I think he's only like 5'11" but smart quarterback, and I think he definitely rivals to his younger brother there for playing time early on. Do you, who do you prefer just right now if you had to choose between Bryce Young and to his younger brother, to Aaliyah? If you had to choose one, who, you, who are you going with right now? If I had to pick right now, probably Bryce Young, uh, just because he looks to be a little bit smarter on the field higher football IQ uh he can extend the plays a little better uh if he was an inch or two taller he would probably be you know the the number one overall rated prospect in this class but a little little concern there with his size but I guess we also said if Russell Wilson was an inch or two taller that he probably would have been a first round pick and he's doing just well Yeah, and then if we're just looking at the top five recruiting classes overall, um, we're also going to talk about uh, the number 33 class for no particular reason. Um, But if we have the top five, it goes Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and LSU. I don't think there's really any surprises coming out of that list. What do you think, Caleb? Uh, No, kind of how you expect it to be. The top five in the rankings are the top five in the recruiting class, and that's a big reason that they're top five in the rankings. Uh, I think the biggest thing to watch will be over the next week, week and a half, as some of these other guys are, are still to sign uh, in that ranking, Georgia being four. Darnell Washington is not officially signed to Georgia. Right. Uh, so once he signs, that'll that'll bump them up a little bit. And then if what they're saying about Zach Evans is true, uh, you know, that'll also give them a big boost. So, you know, that's exciting to see for me. But um the biggest thing to take away there is, you know, they're they're getting all this wide receiver talent. You know, they had a guy flip from LSU to Georgia, you know, three guys in the top 15, two running backs. <laughs> Debbie owners and anyone that watches college football is hoping that if they get all this talent, they're at least going to start calling a modern offense. Uh, some right. of those games were painful this past year, but um, no, the the biggest surprise to me with the recruiting classes is seeing USC at the bottom of the Pac-12. Right. Uh, you know, they're not even in the top 100 right now, I don't think. Uh, just Zero really top weird. 300 guys? Yeah, I mean, they've they've got nothing out there right now, which is kind of a concern, especially, you know, I'm a big Amon Ross St. Brown fan. Luckily, he's only got, you know, a year left there, but it, it could be an ugly year for him. Uh, I just thought that was strange, something that kind of popped out as I was kind of looking at the top ranks. 
Right, and um, if you need someone who's a huge USC fan, at RayGQ on Twitter, um, obviously is a huge uh, USC fan. So if you need to uh, have someone to commiserate with you in pain, um, feel free to to follow Ray. Um, two surprises. I think number six coming in, t- Texas A&M coming at number six um, in the recruiting class, I think is a huge get for them. Um, they definitely had some big defensive pieces that are um, definitely going there. And it wouldn't be a normal show that I'm on if I didn't talk about Minnesota at least a little bit. Um, so down at 33 is the Minnesota recruiting class. Um, you know, wasn't great. Got two four-star wide receivers, um, a guy that's probably going to be upgraded to a four-star D-end, and then um, a four-star running back, um, the number one running back coming out of Kansas. So that was a big get for the Gophers. Um, but they're obviously not as great, so we're not going to talk about them as much today. Um, and I know Caleb probably appreciates that. Um, but this new segment was brought to you by Guardian Athletics, the maker of the Cato Collar. Um, if you want to learn more about how to prevent stingers, burners, and concussions on the football field, go to guardianathletics.com to learn more. Um, and as we transition to what we are going to call the meat of the show, also because I'm bulking and I really enjoy eating, we're going to call that the meat of the show. Um, and I want to just bring on two of probably my favorite um, dynasty guys. And you might be thinking, why are we bringing on dynasty guys um, on a Debbie pod? But um, we'll we'll fill you in a little later. But first, I want to say a big thanks to um, who I call my father, my dad on Twitter. So that's at DFF Shane. Um, Shane, thanks for coming on. And where can the people find you on the Twitter box? Uh, currently, they can actually find me in my kitchen um, watching this uh, Chiefs-Bears game. Um, on the Twitter box, uh, just look up DFF underscore Shane at DFF underscore Shane, or just look up data still don't score points. Um, and I'm proud of you as a son. Um, I don't actually know how old you are, but I know I had you at a very young age. That's true. Um, and then our uh, other dynasty guy is the one that always calls me stupid when I'm about to make a stupid trade. And I definitely appreciate that about him. And that's uh, my good friend Memphis at DFF Memphis. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, I lost my only championship. So um, not great, but at least I can talk a little Debbie football and hope for the future. Wait, real quick. I want to jump in. Why would you have to tell people... Um... Why you have dynasty people on? Devi's just a subsection of dynasty. Well, we'll we'll get to that later, Shane. Okay. okay. Um, I should look at your show sheet just to see how yeah, the show's supposed yeah, to Yeah, definitely go. look at the show sheet. I okay. have it broken down. Um, huh. We're currently at the meat of the show portion. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Memphis, uh, can you tell people where they can find you on the Twitter box and uh, any pods that you're on or anything like that? I am on Twitter at DFF Memphis, and I am the co-host of the Dynasty War Zone with the one and only man of the hour and the man with the power, Jerry Sinclair. Uh, we drop every Wednesday, and we're coming up on the time of the year where I will do a bunch of guest spots. During the regular season, it's just uh, too busy, but I made an exception for this fine uh, new podcast. Well, I we definitely appreciate that. Uh, thanks for hopping on. Um, so... Hey, Shane, I do a you... podcast. I do Dynasty yeah, Trade podcast HQ. You do. I do oh, Dynasty, Dynasty Trade, Trade HQ. HQ. I know that one. Yes, with my my lover and partners, uh, Michael Sipes, and a uh, good friend, uh, Jeremy Broan. 
Perfect. Um, so what we're going to do here is we thought it'd be really interesting to have two dynasty guys on and kind of run through what their rankings of wide receivers that were in either the 2018 or 2019 NFL draft. And from there, both Caleb and I are going to slot in um, some of the Debbie guys that we look at on a daily basis and watch tape of all the time. And we're going to slot them in just so people can see some of the values how we value Debbie guys compared to the dynasty community um, and how, you know, just how this slots in. So you just have a little better of an understanding, especially when you get later into Debbie drafts, how these things are going to shake out so you can get some decent trades um, and you can really start rebuilding teams if that's the phase you're in. Or if you're just building a powerhouse, we want to make sure that we can keep doing that. Um, so Shane, even though you keep moving around these names on me, um, I'm going to read out your current rankings of what you have on the show sheet. Um, Wait, I'm going to make one more move. You're going to make one more change for me? Yeah, you know how it is, man. You look at them and you're like, eh, no, I, I think totally I'm going to gonna change this. So, done. Hands up. No, okay. hold on. Right. I'm going to move All one right, more. One more? One more. Just This will be the last one, I promise. What, what's good is Shane didn't have literally all day today to do this. So, um, Almost like we man. didn't we, talk to him earlier. Can, like it's, earlier it's, in the week to make sure this was completed. It's fantasy football championship weekend. Um, it's also Sunday, um, first day of Hanukkah. I had a lot of stuff going on. Um, um, oh, Shane, happy happy Hanukkah to you and your family, and I wish you um, a great holiday season. Well, I'm just a fake Jew. Um, I know, the real but I Jews. know you're. Yeah. It's more towards your family. Yeah, no, no. Don't wish me marry anything. No, I'll, I'll let them know. <laughs> All right, perfect. Um, so, all right, we're going to run through your ranks here um, and just kind of break down any that you think might be a situation where you have a guy a little higher, um, and then we'll have Memphis do the same, and then we're going to actually average them out, and you can guys can kind of see where you're a little bit different. Um, so, Shane, you have we have about 16 or 17 guys ranked for each of them. Um, so we're going to start out here. Remember, this is just wide receivers that were drafted in either the 2018 or the 2019 class that they're ranking right now. So number one, we have DJ Moore, two, AJ Brown, three, Cortland Sutton, four, DJ Chark, five, Christian Kirk, six, Calvin Ridley, seven, Terry McLaurin, eight, DK Metcalf, nine, Michael Gallup, 10, Anthony Miller, 11, Debo Samuel, 12, Deontay Johnson, 13 is James Washington, 14, Marquise Brown, 15, Nicole Hardman, 16, Paris Campbell, and 17 is J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Um, who do you feel like is kind of higher than some consensus that you're hearing or a guy that you're a little lower on than the rest of the community, Shane? Hmm. Um, lower? maybe Marquise Brown, maybe McCole Hardman. I think most folks would have DJ Moore and AJ Brown um, in some combination or variation iteration as their one and two. Um, I can also see putting Cortland Sutton up there. Um, no, I think mine's perfect, actually. So I think if anyone heard this, they'd go, oh, no, that's the correct one. Let me redo my rankings. Um, right, well, that's how I think on. about it. I mean, Let's I just, on. you know, the way I look at it is, you know, everybody that's one through five on that list, um, really one through seven, has a chance to be the wide receiver one for their own team first. 
And then if you look at DJ Moore and AJ Brown, uh, those guys are in a tier by themselves, I think, after ever, uh, before everyone else that can be legitimate wide receiver ones every season um, in fantasy. Perfect. Um, so Memphis, I'm just going to read off yours and just the same question. Is there any that you feel like you're a little higher on, a little lower on than the community? Um, so one, DJ Moore, two, Cortland Sutton, three, AJ Brown, four, Calvin Ridley, five, DJ Chark, six, Terry McLaurin, seven, Anthony Miller, eight, Michael Gallup, nine, DK Metcalf, 10, Debo Samuel, 11, Nicole Hardman, 12, Deontay Johnson, 13, Christian Kirk, 14, James Washington, and 15, Paris Campbell. And you added a nice 16th, your personal favorite, Hunter Renfro. Um, so which of those guys are you a little higher on than some other people, a little lower on than some other people? Definitely a little bit higher on Terry McLaren. He was my 2019 man crush. I just, and it wasn't so much the metrics or anything coming out of college. It was the first time that I heard him interviewed. They called him the CEO at the 2019 Senior Bowl. And you listen to this young man talk, and he just sounds so professional, so polished. And then there was a Twitter video where a reporter asked him to break down a route, and it was like an advanced level college class. So I'm a, probably a tad higher on Terry McLaren. I think the rest of the world caught up, but he was one. And then one I'm lower on is Christian Kirk. He's a very boom bust. I, I, I liked him more coming out of college. I just don't love him in this offense. And there'll be other guys that we talk about. Nothing against the uh, mobile quarterbacks, guys like Lamar, guys like Kyler, but I just don't think they're great for wide receivers, at least not yet. I didn't have Marquise Brown in my top 16. And, I mean, he could win you a week or he, he can give you one catch for seven yards like he did today on Championship Sunday. I just can't live with that. So uh, higher on McLaren, lower on Kirk. Perfect. Um, then we we kind of did an average of um, between Shane and Memphis, and I'm not sure that um, Shane's most recent changes are fully reflected in that. Um, but off the average that we did, um, number one, DJ Moore tied for second, both A.J. Brown and Cortland Sutton. Um, so two or three for both of the guys here. Um, four, DJ Chark. Five, Calvin Ridley. Six, Terry McLaurin. Seven, DK Metcalf. Eight, Christian Kirk. Nine, Michael Gallup. Ten, Anthony Miller. Eleven, Debo Samuel. Twelve, Mikkel Hardman. Thirteen, James Washington. Fourteen, Marquise Brown. Fifteen, Deont excuse me, Deontay Johnson. Um, so looking at those, are there any any guys on the average list that either you guys would be buying or selling at their current prices? Um, I would sell on Ridley. Um, I don't I don't see the consistency there. Um, and I know we're all ready to to take Julio off to the uh, horse farm or whatever it is we do at old people to the old folks home. But um, he showed over the last two weeks, he's still the alpha. I mean, I, I know Ridley wasn't playing, but Julio hasn't slowed down. Um, so I, I think Julio is still the number one wide receiver there for the next couple seasons. So I'd probably sell high on uh, Ridley and McLaurin, too, only because I, I don't trust anything coming out of that Washington offense, that, that Washington franchise as a whole. Sure. And you have some guys you're buying or selling out of this list, Memphis, with their current prices? It's funny because I'm buying Ridley 
going in when week 13 concluded and Ridley wound up on the IR. He had more PPR points at that time than Julio Jones. He not to say that Julio's going out to the glue factory, but if you think back to when Julio came in the league, it didn't take much too long that Julio Jones replaced Roddy White. And at some point, maybe it's next year, maybe it's in 2021, but Calvin Ridley is going to be the last wide receiver one of Matt Ryan's career. Uh, guys that I'm selling on this list, I I think DJ Chark. I mean, he's going to have a thousand yard season this year. A lot of touchdowns, the, the quarterback situation there, and that's just a bad team. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the Forbes article, Forbes.com, that uh, 25% of the league's NFL grievances were filed by the Jacksonville Jaguars players. So basically 3% of the players filed 25% of the grievances. It's a bad organization from the top to the bottom. It came out today that they are more than likely going to retain Doug Marone. Now, I did rank chark fifth overall because it's hard to ignore the talent but i just don't like saddling my dynasty rosters with players on bad teams and i know that sounds like a a contradictory statement as much as i like terry mclaren but uh, my boo is my boo so but dj chark is one that i'd be looking to sell high on is is that a guy you're looking to sell to shane that's it no i like dj chark a lot i think he's shown that he can um perform with below uh, a replacement level quarterback play from Nick Foles and replacement level um, quarterbacking from Gardner Minshew. Um, neither of those quarterbacks is particularly good. Um, and we saw what he could do this year with them, both of them. So I'm, I'm okay with buying him. I think firing Tom Coughlin was a good move for the, the Jaguars. Allegedly they were going to do it anyway after the season. And I'm sure the NFLPA telling people not to sign with, the Jaguars um, hasten that exit. And if he wasn't going to be fired, that, that certainly helped it. I, I got to imagine that a guy that's a billionaire, and this is probably a bad assumption, like Shad Khan, um, is, is going to do what he needs to to get a, a normal, good working uh, front office in place. Maybe this this offseason, maybe he'll do that this time. Right. And, and I'm just looking at, at these lists, um, the average lists again, and I'm just going to um, – after I say my piece, I'm just going to read them again from 1 to 15 so people have a little more clarity. But I think from 1 to 6, we all have – you guys have people that um, can easily be the one for their team um, and that have been, you know, the fantasy one in quite a few games this season. I think from 7 to about 11, you have some guys that have had some really, really big games um, – that, you know, when you have guys like DK Metcalf and Christian Kirk and Michael Gallup, Anthony Miller, some players that have had really good games, but then have kind of, you know, come out of nowhere and we just haven't seen them um, in some weeks. And I think that's a difficult part as well. And then 12 through 15 is, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I just think it's some guys that that have even more of those bust games, especially with um, the current offenses that they're working in. Um, and the other targets that are around them, I think it's just going to be a hard time for them to continue to get targets. Yeah, I think the guys at the bottom of this list we're looking as maybe wide receiver threes um, with, yeah, the, those boom weeks where they're going to have a wide receiver one. 
But yeah, they're also going to then throw in those weeks where they're the wide receiver 79 on the week and just crush your team. I don't, I don't think McCall Hardman, Washington, James Washington, Marquise Brown, or Johnson are going to be dependable. Washington and Johnson and Juju out in Pittsburgh are going to be cannibalizing each other. Um, right. And I think when Ben comes back, assuming he doesn't get arrested for any more rapes and he comes back next year, he, you know, he's going to he's going to go back to continuing the target Juju, who is the you know the alpha, who's the true number one wide receiver on that roster. Memphis, do you see kind of the same assumption that I made with these guys on this list? Well, I, I don't know. I did, the two guys I wanted to talk about were Michael Gallup and McCole Hardman, because I think they're situationally dependent. Uh, if Amari Cooper can't be re-signed in Dallas, we saw today, week 16, the Sunday of the championship that Gallup had a monster day. And if Dallas is forced to franchise Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper can walk and he could wind up somewhere else. And if that happens, based on what I've seen this season with Gallup and Dak, that that would skyrocket his value. And the same thing with McCole Hardman. He's flashed a bit at times. And Sammy Watkins is due $21 million next year. And they will let him walk. There's no way you could pay that dude $21 million when you can save seven by cutting him. So that has McCole Hardman as a person of interest. Absolutely. Caleb, do you see anyone on this list um, that you are thinking you should go out and be buying right now? Um, I kind of agree with Memphis there, with uh, Michael Gallup. Uh, you know, him and Dak seem to kind of starting to be building that chemistry that we didn't see a year ago, you know, missing, missing on deep shots. Uh, he's talented. He fits that offense. And, Dallas has screwed themselves for whoever comes in and coaches that team next year with all the guys they have to resign. So you know, they might be forced to roll with Gallup as their one. And then Anthony Miller, um, he's kind of started to come on strong these last few weeks. All the signs are there for him to have a breakout year next year. Um, and we've already kind of seen him have those games where, you know, he's the wide receiver one over Allen Robinson. So uh, I think those guys lower down on the list that are not going to cost you an arm and a leg, like a DJ Moore or an AJ Brown, are are definitely worth and going and taking a shot on because you're not going to have to invest a ton in them, and the the signs are there for them those guys to pay off big for you. See, right. I don't I don't see Michael Gallup or Anthony Miller being wide receiver ones. I think the fact that they have true wide receiver ones on the roster is actually why they succeed. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you take Amari Cooper off that, that Dallas team and, you know, Gallup has to deal with shadow coverage uh, from like a Marshawn Lattimore. Let's, I don't think he'd, he would produce, uh, to be honest with you. And he produced today against the Eagles, but the Eagles are one of the worst secondaries that's ever existed in any, any level of football. All right, well, I'm just going to read through these names, 1 through 15. So, again, these are the averages between um, both Shane and Memphis, um, 1 through 15 of guys either in the 2018 NFL draft or 2019 NFL draft. So that's DJ Moore tied for second, A.J. Brown and Cortland Sutton, 4 is DJ Chark, 5, Calvin Ridley, 6, Terry McLaurin, 7, D.K. Metcalf, 8, Christian Kirk, 9, Michael Gallup, 10, Anthony Miller, 11, Debo Samuel, 12, Mecole Hardman, 13, James Washington, 14, Marquise Brown, 15, Deontay Johnson. Do any of you guys want to mention anything else about any of these guys? No, no, no. no. All right. I mean, Perfect. AJ, yeah, 
just as a point of reference, I've been trying to buy AJ Brown everywhere, hoping that people would have, uh, I don't know, maybe not noticed that he's an absolute monster. Yeah. And uh, he's already reached that level where he's almost nearly impossible to buy unless you're giving up at least two firsts and they have to be top of the uh, top of the draft. I don't remember who it was, but someone on Twitter today put out a poll uh, just asking who they would take straight up in a dynasty league. And it was AJ Brown or Juju. And last I saw AJ Brown was winning, I think like 60% to 40%. I saw the same poll. I was getting ready to bring up the same point. And it's just amazing the fishbowl that we live in. I mean, Juju's had knee issues, hamstring issues, missed several games. And, and I love what I've seen out of AJ Brown the past two and a half weeks, but Man, that just uh, – what did Ron Burgundy say? That escalated quickly. And Juju's still younger than A.J. Brown, I think. <laughs> or they might be the same age. But either way, um, you know, Juju's put – what, this next year will be his fourth year in the league? And A.J. Brown will be in his second. So, yeah, it's it's funny. Like Memphis is saying, we just completely disregard everything that Juju did in the first uh, two, three seasons of his career. Absolutely. I believe it was the third best PPR game this year against Stephon Gilmore, which doesn't sound like a lot until you realized he basically shut guys like Amari Cooper out. So um, it's, it's something small, it's something little, but Juju's a hell of a football player, and so is A.J. Brown, but I just think, uh, think the enthusiasm has built. Yeah, that's one of those, if you own either guy and you can buy the other, and get a little something back on it, just do that. If someone likes Juju better and I have AJ Brown, well then or you know what I mean. If I if I um whichever player I own, I could just sell and try to get a little bit of a profit off them because to me they're they're both guys that have that wide receiver one upside. For sure. And then we're gonna just move into the next portion. So I tasked both Caleb and myself to take these rankings that Shane and Memphis gave us, and then we're going to try and slot in um, Devi players and keep in mind that these are all Devi players not just ones that are going to be in the 2020 draft but um, some other ones that will be in the 2021 draft as well so keep that in mind as we read off these lists and Caleb I'm just going to read off um, just our consensus kind of overall tally without reading our individual lists and then just give about the top 20 names here so people can kind of see where we're slotting in um, some of these guys just so they can hopefully get some really nice trade value moving on late in the season. Um, So starting first, DJ Moore, second, AJ Brown, third, Cortland Sutton, four, DJ Chark, five, CD Lamb, He'll be in the 2020 draft from Oklahoma. Kelvin Ridley at 6. 7, DK Metcalf. 8, Christian Kirk. 9, Jerry Judy, 2020 draft from Alabama. 10, Rondale Moore, 2021 draft from Purdue. 11, Jamar Chase. He's the 2021 draft wide receiver from LSU. 12, Michael Gallup. 13, Anthony Miller. 14, Rashad Bateman, class of 2021 out of Minnesota. Next, Debo Samuel. Next, after that, T. Higgins, wide receiver from Clemson. And then we have, slotting in right behind him, Jalen Rager, and he is slotting in at number 18. He's the wide receiver from TCU. He'll be in this draft class. Um, And then right behind him, 
three more Devi guys, Justin Ross, class of 2021, Tylen Wallace, who we believe is coming back to school, will be in the class of 2021 from Oklahoma State, and then my guy, Tyler Johnson, coming in at 20, class of 2020 from the University of Minnesota. Caleb, after seeing some of these names and knowing where you have these guys ranked, who sticks out to you out of these Devi names being slotted in with some of these um, dynasty names that we're seeing every day? Well, C.D. Lamb, I kind of had a feeling when I ranked him or I did that you would also feel similarly. You know, top five for these guys over guys like Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley, D.K. Metcalf, Christian Kirk. Lamb has all the tools to be the dude on its team. And, you know, you heard Shane mention before, you know, he doesn't think Calvin Ridley can be the dude on his team. Um, you know, mentioned a couple other guys. CD is a guy that I think can come in early on, kind of like an AJ Brown or, you know, similar to how DJ Moore kind of established himself early on as the guy in Carolina. CD can do that. Wide receivers seem to take a little bit longer to get going. Yes, there is outliers to this. And, you know, these recent wide receiver classes have kind of gotten us to expect stuff quicker. But I think CD is a guy that's going to go in the first round. He's going to go to a team like, uh, you know, Philadelphia, for example. They'll immediately need him to go out there and take on seven, eight targets a game, which is going to lead to earlier fantasy success. The next thing I noticed was how incredibly talented this 2021 class might be. Um, it kind of seems like we both, uh, you know, were higher on those 2021 guys. After CD, it's a lot of, you know, Rondale Moore, Jamar Chase, uh, Ty, uh, Tylen Wallace, assuming he goes back to school. So the, the 2020 class is kind of getting overshadowed by the 2021 class, the wide receiver position already, which might be a good way for, uh, you know, Devi owners or even rookie draft pick owners to try to flip those picks. Uh, I'm more of a guy that likes to lean on the safe side. I like, I, you know, I've got my top 12. It's basically all guys already in the NFL with the exception of CD Lamb because I know where all these guys are already at. They've already been drafted. They've made it to the NFL. They've had games where they've had fantasy success. I'm going to gamble on those guys a little more than guys that still have to go to a whole nother year of college. So if I can trade, you know, my 2021 first for a 2020 first or for a guy like, you know, Calvin Ridley or some of those lower end guys that we talked about, the, the, the DK Metcalf, Michael Gallup, Christian Kirk, not saying I would trade a 2020 first for those guys, but I'm more of we've got this guy who's established himself in the NFL why would I take a risk on a guy that still has to go play a whole other year of college? We see these guys every year. Oh, man, this guy is the wide receiver one in Debbie, blah, blah, blah. And then two years later, that guy is being dropped when you go to your rookie drafts because he was a one-year wonder. And I think this exercise will be good to kind of get the point across that as good as we think these guys are going to be when they're coming out of the NFL, a lot of these guys don't hit. And – this is the kind of the point of the podcast, too, is values of where do you rank these Debbie guys with NFL guys? Because I get DMs all the time. Hey, would you trade Calvin Ridley for, you know, Tyler Johnson? Well, Tyler Johnson might have been getting a ton of hype that week, and everyone wants to go out and try to acquire him. But that doesn't mean that's the best thing to do. A guy like Calvin Ridley has already established himself in the NFL and had fantasy success. So 
my big takeaway was I'm a lot higher on the guys that are the, in, in the NFL than the Debbie guys compared to what your list was. Right, and I just want to bring up, I think the 2020 class is going to be deeper, I think, at both running back and wide receiver. But I think that top-level talent at wide receiver in the 2021 class will overshadow the 2020 class as a whole. Um, I just think that there's some really great guys in the 2021 class that are going to be able to come out and immediately be number ones for their team. And I think you're going to see that in guys like Rondell Moore, Jamar Chase, Rashad Bateman, Justin Ross. Those four guys are going to really continue to be kind of at the top of these Devi uh, rankings, and you're going to see them time in and time out. So if you're in Devi leagues and you want to either win now, you might have to sell one of those pieces, but know that in a couple years, we're expecting them to take really big step forward. Um, and I know... Uh, Shane and Memphis, I know you both play in Devi leagues. Um, do you, when looking at the list that we put together, um, do any of these names stand out to you in Devi leagues as buys or sells when we're looking at guys that are in the NFL? I, I, I like Lamb. I like CD Lamb a lot. Uh, I'm just getting started on, on my rookie draft, but I will say. Uh, you mentioned Rondell Moore, Purdue wide receiver. Uh, that's close to home for me. I live just north of Indianapolis. He is someone that if during the 2020 draft, if I could you know, move something to get him, he's the one. He is the one that I, out of all the Debbie guys, that I'm really trying to get my hands on, that I'm really excited about. Um, but, no, he would be the one for me. Shane, you have any thoughts on this list? Are you watching yeah. football? No, I'm doing both. I like Judy Lamb, um, obviously. Those are two of the guys I can see where you slid them in. Um, T. Higgins. Um, the sophomores, um, yeah, we'll see about that. Like, Justin Ross didn't have an impressive season compared to his freshman year, right? Right. From what I remember. Mm -hmm. um, and what we're doing right now, and a lot of Debbie guys are doing, that's fine, is you're, you're kind of projecting, all right, well, he's going to bounce back, and he's going to be what we thought he was. But then you look at a guy like LaVisca Chenault way down at 24. Well, he had a terrible season comparative to his other seasons, and he had injuries and whatnot that he was dealing with. And that's the problem with these Debbie players is they can flash. Some of them will flash a little bit in their rookie, uh, rookie yeah, in their freshman year. Um, and then it's almost as if that expectation and, and that value stays with them throughout their Debbie career. Um so for me, I you know, I'm I'm fine. I'm in a lot of Debbie leagues and I have no problem trading Debbie players. Like I just traded and he's not even on here, Brian Edwards, um towards the end of the season to to help me get a tight end. Um so I, I have no problem selling Debbie guys, but Judy and Lamb are definitely guys that yeah, I, I'd want to hold on to, especially well now they're not really Debbie players anymore because they're gonna be in the NFL next year. Right. Caleb, you have any more thoughts looking at this list? I know personally I'm seeing two guys um, that we'll probably get into a little later, but I have two guys that are screaming buys at their current value when we're in Debbie Leagues, and that's T. Higgins and Jalen Rager. Um, do you have any guys in this list that you feel like you should go out and buy right now? Uh, T. Higgins, definitely. I don't know why he's not getting talked about. He's been phenomenal. I mean, even last year when Justin Ross had all that success, T. Higgins was not that much farther behind him. And it was a lot of the, oh, but Justin Ross is younger and he, you know, he's got the lower breakout age and you know, whatever it may be. T. Higgins is a stud. And with guys like C.D. and Judy at the top of this class and then 
you know, the plethora of running backs that are coming in. T. Higgins is going to be a second-round pick in some leagues, and, and that's stealing. Um, and if you're already in Debbie leagues, I, I mean, I've, I've sent a couple feelers out in a couple leagues, you know, before trade deadlines and stuff, and people weren't as low on him as I thought they were, but he can still be had pretty cheap. And, you know, when you're looking at him being ranked behind guys like, you know, Rashad Bateman, Debo Samuel, you know, kind of in that range, I, I would take Higgins over them because he's probably going to be a first-round pick, um, I think, and, and he's just freaking good. <laughs> hey, can right. I jump in one thing real quick? Yeah. So in, in your non-Debbie, your regular dynasty rookie draft, so with the emphasis that everyone, and not everyone, but most everyone puts on the running back positions, I'm looking at these rookies, and, and most of us play in super flex, at least – most of the leagues I play in are. So I'm looking, there are three good quarterbacks that will go in the first round of most rookie drafts, Burrow, Tua, and Herbert. Then you got Swift, Taylor, Dobbins, Antonay, Harris, Hubbard, and Akers, and that's just to name a few. So there's 10 guys right there. So all these really good, badass wide receivers we're talking about, I'm almost six to seven of them will be forced to fall into the second round of your rookie drafts. So if you're a team that's like loaded with good young running backs and you can afford to give up that 105, 106 in a non-Debbie rookie draft and you could trade back and get a couple of, you know, seconds for that first. Uh, I'll do that all day. More, you're you're going to be able to load up in this draft. The second round of this 2020 draft class is going to pay off just bananas. Shane, are you buying seconds right now too? This shit is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Um, yeah. I was buying seconds uh, last year where I could because knowing how deep the class was. Um, just looking at a few mock drafts last year that were looking at 2020 uh, classes, the 2020 class, and just knowing, like, I'm a, I'm a Debbie guy to a, you know, a point. Like, I'm not obviously as versed as you and Caleb. But, you know, I'll usually know right off the bat at least 12 guys that are probably going to go in the first. But with this class, it's like even I know, like, 20 guys that are going to be going in the first two rounds, you know? So if there's 20 guys I know of, I'm sure that the class is even deeper than that. So definitely all the seconds I can buy. Um, Cause there's so many running backs. There's so many running backs um, in this class that guys like, you know, Benjamin that had what, you know, technically, I guess they had a down season and, um, you've also guys, uh, got guys like, uh, who's the other one I couldn't think of at the moment, uh, Chaba Hubbard, who seems to be a little divisive. There's just so many good running backs, um, that I'm buying all the seconds I can and just drafting, geez, even the wide receivers. It's just such a deep class at the, those two positions, you know, and even the quarterback position, the only bad position is what the tight end position, right? Right. Right, and when you're saying down here for Eno Benjamin, that's in college, 43 catches for over 300 yards and then mm-hmm. over 1,000 rushing yards, and then 10 more yeah. touchdowns. And, and apparently and, that's a down year. Yeah, and that's that's what I, I find funny, too, because it's like it's relative to what he did. But, I, you know, Eno Benjamin's a guy that I've liked, you know, obviously since last last year when he, you know, he really broke out. And that's a guy, if he falls to the top of the second, I'll, I'll, I'll be in pig's heaven, and I'll, I'll go ahead and scoop him up. Yeah, the the only thing I'm worried about, I know we're bringing up running backs here, but the only thing I'm worried about is six fumbles this past year. Um, he only had one in his previous two years. So having six this year concerns me a little bit. I'm going to want to see if he can get a tight handle on that um, moving forward. 
And not to just belabor the running back point, but we've seen guys fix that before. Tiki Barber being the most famous. And then even Miles Sanders this year, he came into the NFL with a fumbling uh, problem or a fumbling uh, concern. Yeah, concern. There you go. He fumbled twice in one game, um, hadn't been fumbled no other times. And that was way back early in the season, like week six or something. And he's been, you know, the Eagles main back for the last I don't know however long Jordan Howard's been out since week 11 and he hasn't come close to fumbling. So that's something that you could fix, but sorry to take you on that um, running back side. No, that, that's totally all right. Um, do you have any more thoughts about kind of these rankings, either Caleb or Memphis? Uh, I was going to let Caleb talk on his own podcast first. <laughs> no, no, you know, only, only closing thoughts I would have is, we just talked about Eno Benjamin, um, and I'm, I'm not want to keep talking about running backs, but this is a good example. Last year, he was ranked as high as the running back four or five overall for Devi. You know, this year, he's not even ranked in the top 10 for some people for the 2020 class. So those are the guys I like to target. And, you know, something that we're going to talk about a lot on this podcast is buys and sells is, you know, guys like LaVisca Chanel. You know, I know everyone's got their different opinions on him, but you know, right now, he could be a late second round pick. And there was guys that invested top six rookie, top six Devi picks in Devi startups on him a year ago. So just because a guy isn't being talked about as much a year later, it's usually because guys that broke out are now, you know, casting a shadow over them. You know, Eno Benjamin, he dropped down list because, you know, Najee Harris and Chubba Hubbard. You know, those guys broke out this year, so it's more, oh, we've seen what we've seen from Eno. I want the new shiny toy. And and that's where a lot of, I think, owners go wrong is giving up too easily or wanting to overpay for the new hot item is, you know, look down people's ranks. Look and see where LaVisca Chenault was ranked last year versus this year. And if it's a big difference, go buy him from a disgruntled owner and, you know, take take a shot on him. Right. And, and I think that's, that's a really good point. And I think we're just going to move in here to our third, um, our third portion of this pod, and that's going to be the marketplace, which is um, obviously our namesake. So we're just going to go through some buys and sells at, you know, at some Debbie stocks and bring in one that's kind of an unknown stock that is just signed and is going to be going to a school that we'll mention. Um, and I think... My big buy right now, I think, are two guys. It's Jalen Rager and T. Higgins. And when I look at T. Higgins, um, some of the analytics people are going to be looking at him. They'll see a dominator rating 27.9%. Please know that all of my um, all of my data is coming from expandtheboxscore.com. If you have questions about that, um, reach out to them on Twitter. They're great. Um, but this past year, he had 43 catches, 900 yards, 10 touchdowns. And obviously, that's not including anything that's going to be in the playoffs yet. Um, but he's obviously not going to have that huge dominator rating, only coming in at 27.9%. And the analytics guys are going to tell you that 30% is kind of one of those thresholds um, that they like to see. And please don't think that I'm talking down um, about data people. I'm just trying to give you some of the baselines that they seem to look at. Um, and he still had a great season, but I think T. Higgins is definitely in one of those situations where there's a lot of great guys and 
a lot of great guys in this draft, and I think more wide receivers are going to go in the first draft than anyone believes. And that's definitely a guy that I'm going to buy. And the other one is Jalen Rager. Um, I'm buying Jalen Rager. If you want to reach out to his biggest truther, that's at RayGQ on Twitter. Um, he's a big fan of Jalen Rager. But he's comparing him to a more explosive Percy Harvin. Um, Jalen Rager, obviously a better route runner than Percy Harvin was. Definitely more explosive. It's gonna, his stats are going to look a little skewed this year. Um, and that's because what was going on at TCU, I know Caleb can talk to this a bit too, but what was going on at TCU this year was atrocious for Jalen Rager. He's the best player on their team, and they weren't even giving him the ball because they couldn't find a quarterback that could throw to him until about week eight. Um, so that's that's definitely a real big issue. And with his current stock being lower, these are two guys that you're going to want to buy because as soon as Jalen Rager goes to the combine, his stock is going to continue to rise until he gets to the NFL. You have thoughts on either of those guys, Caleb? Uh, I agree 100% on Rager. Uh, now that his, you know... His season's over. We're going to be watching T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and, and those guys in the playoffs. So people are going to start talking about them and hyping them up because they're what's going on. And people are going to look at Rager's you know, final stat line for the year and be like, wow, this guy. You know, why, why are people ranking this guy so high? And I know there's still a crowd that's you know, real high on Jalen Rager, but if you can find an owner that quickly gets disgruntled with players having a bad year, TCU did a terrible job getting him the ball, scheming him the ball. I, I, he should have had touched the ball you know, 10 times a game. For whatever reason, he didn't touch the ball 10 times a game. I think he's going to have a lot better NFL career because he's going to go to a team that's going to use him and that has a quarterback to get him the ball. Um, and you know, I just talked before on T. Higgins. So, yeah, those are two guys that are getting overshadowed by CeeDee Lamb, Judy, and the 2021 class that I'll buy anywhere that I can you know, get my hands on them. And I know our two dynasty guys, um, I know you're just starting your off-season work, but are these guys that you've been hearing some good things about? Do you like some of their tape? I was getting ready to jump in with Jalen Rager when, when you started. Uh, abysmal quarterback play in, in college. But here's the one thing. You guys have done a great job of outlining how talented this entire 2020 wide receiver class is going to be. So when I come – draft season, you know, like tiebreakers for me will be like, who is their offensive coordinator? Who, who's their head coach? I'm, I don't think anyone will, but if someone lands in Jacksonville, that's not very exciting. You know, Pittsburgh, it's a full, you know, wide receiver core, but Indianapolis, you know, th th that's a, a match made in heaven. I saw T Higgins actually mocked to them in a mock draft I was reading uh, in preparation for this. So, uh, I love Jalen Rager. I, I love T. Higgins. And, yeah, I'm I'm trying to get every 20, 20 second I can in a non-Debbie rookie draft. This this wide receiver class, it reminds me of 2018. I mean, there's so many good running backs and, and quarterbacks. People are super, super excited. But I remember in 2018, um, the guys we were talking about at the beginning of the pod, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, Calvin Ridley, those guys were all late first, early second round rookie picks that year, they were going behind guys like Royce Freeman, Carrion Johnson. So think about that. Somebody in 2018 took Carrion Johnson ahead of DJ Moore. Someone took Royce Freeman ahead of Cortland Sutton. 
you can see the value you're going to be able to get out of these wide receivers in this 2020 class. I'm just uh, looking to get me two or three of the, uh, the ones in the better situations. Absolutely. Shane, you have any thoughts on uh, T. Higgins or Jalen Rager? I know you own some T. Higgins Debbie stock. Um, I actually do have T. Higgins in um, a league or two. Um, I wouldn't mind any of these wide receivers ended up with the Eagles, to be quite honest with you. Um, <laughs> that That's a team that needs desperately needs a, a legitimate wide receiver one. But yeah, that's it's going to be a lot of it's going to be dependent on where they land, like Memphis said, because the talent level is so high that if, you know, say one of these guys ends up in Atlanta for whatever reason, well, eh, I'm probably going to bump him behind the guy that ends up in Philadelphia or, you know, like Memphis said, even Indianapolis, because those guys are going to have shots to come out of the gate and, and make an impact. And and once you do that, you know, that, that's, that, that drives up their value. You can sell them if you want to, and you could probably get someone that you like better um, or that you liked better from the class plus something else. Um, right. So it's, it's really going to be landing spot specific this year. Um, it's, and Shane, Shane's a bigger fan of T Baggins. T Baggins. Yes. Yes. T Baggins. Uh, and then for my sale, we're going to travel south to Athens. Um, I know our dynasty guys might not know this name. He was just Athens, a freshman. Like in, in, in Italy? No, we're going to Athens, Georgia. Isn't uh, it in Rome? Athens, Rome? When in Rome. There's a Rome, <laughs> Georgia for sure. Yeah. Well, we're going to travel to Athens, Georgia, which is home of Caleb's favorite college team. Um, and I'm going to be selling Dominic Blaylock. Um, you, might, you might think, obviously, he's just a freshman. Um, so why am I going to sell him now? But I think as you get into some Debbie drafts, it's going to be a name that continues to pop up that probably isn't fully owned in all of your Debbie leagues. And there's just some names that I want to mention. And these are just all of the wide receiver recruits um, that are now going to Georgia. So we have Marcus Rosamy. He was the number seven wide receiver going to Georgia. Jermaine Burton, the number eight wide receiver going to Georgia. Arian Smith, the 14th wide receiver going to Georgia. And I feel like we have even one more. Yep, Justin Robinson, the 48th best wide receiver in the class going to Georgia. So you have all of these guys all going to Georgia. And I don't think Dominic Blaylock, with his current attitude, um, I know he's been gotten into some on-field issues with some teams, um, but I don't think that they're going to be able to give Dominic Blaylock enough of the targets. Um, and that's one name that I'm just going to uh, I'm going to avoid, and I'm going to sell if I have any really deep leagues to uh, hopefully a Georgia fan like Caleb. Well, I will not be buying because I would agree with you. Um, I, I've never, you know, I know a lot of people had him ranked over Pickens last year, which I never really got. But yeah, it just seems to have some attitude issues, or you know, so, something's not there, and. I've got one share in a you know a deep Devi league that I don't even know if I can get anything for him at this point. But he's he's definitely a guy I'm not going to be investing in anywhere. Absolutely, uh, Memphis. Do you happen to know that name at all? I'm assuming not. One more. To, oh, the uh, the kid from Georgia. Georgia, Dominic Blaylock. Dominic no, Blaylock, rather. But 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 all these schools, unless he's like a true stud, I. I don't get too caught up in the guys at the at the big schools. They uh they're like the trust fund kid. They've grown up with nothing but wealth, and you wonder why he's got a craptastic attitude. 
because he's been told he's the shit his whole life. Sorry if there's no explanation on the, the Debbie oh, diet. You're fine. Shane's uh, on it. Oh yeah, Shane's I forgot. On the um, but but you know, I, I I no, I'm I'm not enamored with anybody with a bad attitude. I'll go back to my man Terry McLaren. You know, even he was an older, he was a senior when I first fell in love with him. My relationship's going great, by the way. Thanks for asking. But mm-hmm. I, I don't like these guys with that attitude. I, I'll just tell you this. As you're thinking about and just go, go down, now that Antonio Brown's out of the league, look at the top 10, 12, 15 wide receivers in, a, in the NFL and ask yourself, how many of these guys are true a-holes now that a, Antonio Brown's gone? Not very many of them. I would prefer not to deal with people with attitude issues. So, no, based on what you're telling me, very little interest. I, right. And I just – I kind of can see him maybe entering the transfer portal too. And I don't know. You know, entering the transfer portal, sitting out a year. You know, now he's not playing till 2022 or, you know, whatever. I just I just think he's going to be a headache though. And he's going to be one of those guys that you invest in now. And when he enters the NFL and, you know, you go to make a pick in that rookie draft and you get an error from my fantasy league saying you're exceeding your roster limit, you're going to drop him and you're, you know, you're going to get nothing for him. Right. Um, so he's definitely my sell. Caleb, you're going to have to uh, try and explain these buys and sells that you have on the show sheet because I'm just not, I can't be in agreement with you right now. Okay. So for my buy, I, I put Colin Johnson. Um, a week ago, I would have said sell Colin Johnson. You know, I, I don't want him. And then I started diving into his tape this past week. And it's pretty good. Um, you know, there's some red flags there as far as, you know, analytics, you know, I've been kind of getting into those conversations on Twitter the last few weeks, kind of trying to broaden how I, how I scout these guys. And, you know, he doesn't have a, uh, a good breakout age. He's never posted a 30% or higher dominator rating. He's had injuries. I get it. There's, there's definitely some concerns on, on him as a prospect, but buying him doesn't mean you're investing a ton in him. He can be had super cheap right now. And when, and when I'm watching his tape, there's a couple of things that stand out. The first, I didn't realize how athletic he is. There's multiple plays where that guy is, you know, reaching out with his full 6'6 frame, flying through the air, you know, both feet off the ground, hauling in a catch. And I don't want people to think, oh, he's he's tall, so all he's going to do is catch 50-50 jump balls. No, he's not going to outrun you. But he has enough, you know, juice to kind of get open downfield and go out and make those big diving, extending plays. Um, and just, you know, he's very athletic for a six-six guy. He's not as stiff um, as some of these taller guys are. And, you know, he tracks the ball well. You're not going to see a DB jump over him and win a 50-50 ball. I mean, it's not going to happen. He's six-six and, you know, 200 and... 220. 220 pounds. So, I mean... That's a huge frame. I mean, that's a massive human being. So, you know, the whole time I'm watching him, there's parts of his games that need refined. Um, you know, he doesn't have a great release off the line of scrimmage. However, this past year, there was a couple times where, you know, he kind of flashed a little bit of a, of a good release and, you know, got downfield and kind of opened himself up with his routes rather than just, you know, relying on size. But, I mean, he's a guy that right now, He's probably going to go at the end of the third or beginning of fourth round of your your rookie drafts, and I just I think he's worth taking a taking a flyer on, falling into a 
good situation where there's not going to be a ton of uh, competition for targets early on, and he might uh, might be able to show us something. Right. When I see Colin Johnson on the tape, um, I see just a slightly more athletic version of Calvin Benjamin, and that does not excite me at all. But I suppose at the price of a late third, early fourth, it's not awful. But I'm not... I'm not going to spend a lot of capital on a 6'6 guy with hamstring issues that can't stay healthy. Um, it, it just it just keeps reminding me of Calvin Benjamin's situation, and I, I can't pay that price. I don't think I'm even going to want to take a shot on him. Um, if he happens to have one decent year in the NFL, would that surprise me? No, but I think decent year for him is what, maybe wide receiver 28? I think that's going to be his decent year. I don't think he's ever going to be a wide receiver one. I don't think he's ever going to be a wide receiver two in the league. I think he's going to have wide receiver three upside. And I think he's going to continue to battle injuries over and over and over again, just like Calvin Benjamin did. Yeah. I'm Calvin Benjamin. He's the guy that belongs on the Debbie diet with you. So, you know, when you're throwing around the comparison of a guy, like Calvin Benjamin. Uh, no, I, what I like about Colin Johnson that I don't agree with, with the, you know, kind of Kelvin Benjamin comp is Kelvin Benjamin, you know, had some of the same tools, but was lazy. Colin Johnson has a guy that, you know, from everything I've read has worked his butt off since he was a freshman at Texas. Um, like a, a guy that, you know, stays late, comes in early, you know, puts in the extra work, um, you know, to, work on his frame and his core muscles and has put in the work to, yes, he's had some injuries, but he's doing the preventative maintenance to try to improve that and fix that. And, you know, we've seen plenty of guys that have had, you know, injury concerns that have gone on to the NFL and continue to have injury concerns. But there's also the flip side of guys that have gone on to shake the injury prone narrative and stuff. So I see where you're coming from, but for his current price, the, the dude's free. I mean, yeah, I think after watching his tape and seeing what he can do and seeing how he can move at his size, he's a guy I wouldn't mind taking a shot on. Sure. And then let's just move quickly through the rest of this here. You have a cell of Jerry Judy. And if that is anything other than his current price, we're going to have a very angry conversation here. <laughs> price is one. I mean, the dude is the hype. The hype on him is starting to get out of control to where you're going to start getting a good profit back for him. Um, and then I mentioned I've also been doing a little bit of, you know, banter with the analytics guys. And, you know, they put out some really good data showing that guys that have the same, you know, breakout age and dominator rating as Judy does, they don't have a great chance. They don't have a good history of producing in the NFL. So for as good as his tape is, you know, I love his tape. He's elusive. He runs good routes. He's got a, you know, pretty good frame. Could afford to put on a few pounds, but you know, nothing, nothing major as far as red flags on his tape. But for the current price he's going at, and with the history of the analytics, um, I would, I don't think it's a bad time to sell him. You're wrong, and I disagree with you. I'm going to continue to buy Jerry Judy, and I think I'm going to, if I'm going to sell him, I'm going to sell him as soon as he gets to an NFL team that might not be the greatest fit for him, and then I'm going to sell him. But I'm not going to, personally, I'm not going to sell him now because I think that's just a waste of potential profit. 
that that's just me. Um, any of you Dynasty guys have thoughts on either Colin Johnson or my boy Jerry Judy? I remember um, Colin Johnson from a couple of years ago that everyone was waiting for him to take that next step. But uh, I guess he's just a quantum St. Brown. That's who he reminds me of. Um, physically gifted, but meh. Um, uh, Jerry Judy, from everything I've read and seen, I'm, I'm not selling him. He's going to be a wide receiver one somewhere. Memphis, do you have thoughts? Uh, I know more about Judy than uh, Colin Johnson, but Judy looks like just an absolute freight train. Uh, I like him in that same way you would have liked, I mean, DJ Moore type. I mean, I don't know that he's that good, but I've seen him going. Uh, I was looking on one of the mock drafts, and I, I, I saw him going in the top 10 in the NFL draft. So, I mean, uh, I'll take a shot there. And, right. and I, I get all that because I, I don't want it to sound like I'm, you know, trying to nitpick his game. Why do but, you hate Jerry Judy? But looking at what, and I can't think of his name, but I've been I've been reading a lot of what he's put out um, as far as the data to to prove his points on when he's saying a guy like Jerry Judy, you know, he's not even leading his team this year in college. You know, as far as receiving mm-hmm. yards, catches, et cetera. And I get it. He's playing with other guys that are projected to be NFL, you know, first and second round talents like Henry Ruggs and Devonta Smith. But if he can't beat out those guys and be the alpha dog over those guys, it is slightly concerning to wonder how he's going to go to the NFL and do it again. I'm not going to sit here and say Jerry Judy's going to be a bust because at the very least, he's probably at least going to be a wide receiver too. But I think the hype of him, you know, being the potential 1.01 in this class, that's just getting a little high for me to where if I can sell him for, you know, CD Lamb or, you know, one of those top backs, I'd rather gamble on one of those other guys. Sure. And let's just move in real quick. Um, just your unknown stock. Give us just a little lowdown on the unknown stock. Uh, my unknown stock, uh, Johnny Wilson, he was originally set to go to Oregon. Um, he is a massive human being for being you know 17 18 years old he's 66 and he's already weighing in at 224 pounds uh so that's what he'll be entering his true freshman year at arizona state um you know he's dropped a little bit in the wide receiver ranks i think uh uh he's down to maybe wide receiver 15 ish but at one point in time he was ranked inside the top five um you know he's got that similar build to colin johnson but he's a lot more athletic. Uh, he can run routes a lot better. You know, he has a little bit better breaks. He's not as stiff. Um, I did a little thread on him this past summer uh, when he originally committed committed to Oregon. Uh, he's a lot better in the open field, you know, gaining those yak yards. Uh, kind of reminds me of, a, you know, I'm not going to say a clone of Mike Evans, but you know, he excels in the way that Mike Evans excels. He knows how to to leverage himself, to put himself into those positions to make a catch and, you know, find the soft spot in the zone or just go down the field and moss someone. So he's got 4.59 speed at 6'6", 224 pounds as a true freshman. I only expect that to go up. So, you know, pretty incredible speed for a guy his size, and he's still only 18 years old. Yeah, so my unknown stock is um, Tyrek Murphy. And he's going to be coming in uh, 
pretty close to where Memphis is living. He's going to be going to Purdue. And I think Purdue's going to have something special this next year. David Bell, Rondell Moore, Tyrick Murphy, King Doru. I don't know who their quarterback's going to be, and I think that's going to decide quite a bit of this. But Tyrick Murphy just... You know, he's strong, powerful build, great speed. He's a one-cut runner that really gets upfield quickly. Just difficult to tackle and has um, good pass skills, vision to bounce outside. Um, he really has everything that you would want in a, in a running back. And I, th- I, th- I just think Purdue's going to surprise next year. Um, and I think they're going to win more games than, than people assume that they will. And I think that's why, if you're in a really, really deep league, I think buying Tyreek Murphy and just stashing him on the back of your bench, I think that's only going to help. Um, let's move over to our dynasty guys real quickly. Do you have any buys and sells that you can give the listeners? Um, I'm selling Darren Waller. Uh, one, because I, I don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback situation there. And two, he, he seems way too sensitive to Hunter Renfro. Uh, whenever Hunter Renfro is actually able to play, uh, Waller doesn't see targets. Um, now, if they get a new quarterback, maybe I'll, I'll feel better. But for now, I think I'm selling Darren Waller. And if anyone's uh, willing to pay up for a top 15 wide receiver price for Terry McLaurin, uh, anyone like Memphis, I, I'm selling him. Memphis, who are some guys that you're buying and selling? Man, he, he mentioned my guy in passing to one of his uh, people, but Hunter Renfro. As long as Carr is the quarterback there and Gruden's the coach, I love it. And I, I like the Oakland offense. I, it's not been perfect, but Oakland's seven and eight. You know, they're, they're going to have uh, at least two first round picks. They have the Bears' first round pick, they have their own. I mean, Tyrell Williams has always been a better wide receiver, too. Uh, Renfro's the, the perfect slot. Waller's a, a fine tight end. Man, you add one of these explosive young wide receivers we've been talking about. And boom, I, I love that offense. So uh, Hunter Renfro is definitely one of my buys. As, as far as sells, DK Metcalf. Uh, I know that's probably blasphemy in some parts, but that that Seattle offense just does not look right. You know, Tyler Lockett's still there. One week he's great, one week he's trash. And, you know, I know he had the calf injury and, and maybe DK will stumble into a yoga studio and learn how to run more routes in his uh, sophomore season. But he's someone I'm selling. A lot of buzz on him, a lot of uh, victory laps being taken. So I, I would sell DK and I'd buy Hunter. Love it. Um, so I just want to say thank you to both of you for being on the pilot episode, the first episode of the Devi Marketplace. Um, I just want to thank you so much. And again, um, let the people know where they can find you, any pods that you're on. Shane, we'll start with you. Oh, well, first of all, thank, thank you for having us on. Well, me. I'll let Memphis decide if he wants to thank you or not. But no, man, I'm really happy to be on your first episode. Uh, it's really cool to be invited on it. Happy this has gotten off the ground. Um, you can find me on Twitter at DFF underscore Shane. Find most of my writing on uh, Dynasty Football Factory uh, and my podcast, uh, Dynasty Trades HQ, uh, with myself, Michael Sipes, and Jeremy Brown, where we talk about Dynasty Football, trades, and whatever else pops into our brains. Love it. And Shane, or uh, Memphis, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DFF Memphis and the Dynasty Warzone. 
uh, really proud of the fact that Jerry and I have dropped a podcast uh, 83 weeks in a row. Every Wednesday, uh, this coming Wednesday, Christmas Day, there'll they'll, they'll be a podcast. Uh, very proud of our consistency, and uh, I was not happy to be here tonight. I was honored to be here tonight on your guys' first show. Uh, Kane, you're a good dude. You guys have got it going on. Um, look forward to having you guys on the Warzone See, Here's the thing. Uh, had a really good rookie season myself personally, and it's because of guys like you two. You guys have all the college knowledge. You guys keep me pumped up. You guys get me going. And I, I like to take what you guys do and then, you know, sit there and study your work. So uh, the privilege was all mine. Thank you so much for having me, gentlemen. And I look forward to, talk to you, talking to you again soon. Yeah, and I will say for both the podcasts that these guys host, um, if, you know, you got a couple dollars to spare and you want to become um, a patron on Patreon, the really cool thing with both of these is you get, um, I'm a patron of both of these guys' shows, and you get an extra episode as well as a chat um, that you can just talk about trades and just talk with some really cool guys. Um, so if you're, if you got, if you got, you know, $5 <laughs> to spare, um, you know, go to either one of those um, sites, go to their Patreon and um, become a patron and you'll really, really enjoy the chat. Um, I know that I enjoy the chat on both of them. It really gives me a lot to think about. Um, but Caleb, man, thanks for joining me on the Debbie Marketplace. Um, thanks for signing up to do this with me. Um, and where can they, they find you on the Twitter box? Uh, they can find me at PearsonFF. Um, you know, I, I'm excited for this. You know, we've been talking about doing this for a while now, um, you know, going back and forth. And it's it's really exciting to finally have this thing off the ground and rolling and hopefully be the first of many successful podcasts and, you know, hope to keep getting good guys on uh, like we had tonight. Yeah, and uh, you can always find me on Twitter at Devi underscore Kane. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Devi Marketplace. And I just want to say thanks again to Shane and Memphis for hopping on the first pilot episode. Um, Zach, this is me saying something nice about you. You're cute. Um, and so you can count that as the one nice thing I'll ever say about you, other than the fact that you really like the Gophers and the Vikings. And I appreciate that. Um, but thanks for checking us out. We really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoyed this pilot. Uh, make sure to go over to the over to the Twitter box and let us know what you think. Thanks, guys.